Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. This is a CBC podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Ardra. She has MS. Let's talk about it. My dad's the worst. My dad is the is the one who like legit like Taylor just does it to fucking poke. But my dad does it and is like, I don't know, I don't hear it. And I'm like, I don't hear yeah, it. Yeah, you don't hear it. I know you don't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's a perfect segue into perfect segue. Uh, the the fact that we're talking to Ardra today about uh, MS has nothing to do with misophonia. No. The, M, word, the letter M and the letter S are in there, I guess, somewhere. Yeah, I was like, it's actually, It's like the one misophonia. symptom you don't get from MS. Yeah. Maybe you do, I don't maybe know. Maybe you do, yeah. yeah. Maybe you're just not far along yet into that journey. <laughs> um, yo, this is really exciting. This is our first MS episode. That's amazing, because lots of people have MS. There's a buttload of people out there yeah. with it. Yeah, it's pretty um, common. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty crazy because... Uh, I, I man, I always say that like it's pretty crazy, and then say whatever I'm going to say after. I'm just not going to say that anymore. I'm going to cut out all of me saying this. So I nope. sound really great. It's definitely going to stay in. Don't worry, I'll I'll edit this so that I can do it personally. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say is is you said it's it's um, surprising that this is our first MS episode because so many people have it. But is it true that you can be diagnosed with MS? early on in life, but not really exhibit symptoms until much later? I feel like MS is marketed as a drug that's, or sorry, as a disease that's not that bad by mm. a lot of the drug companies that like, hey, if you take this $60,000 drug a year, that it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, it's a young person's disease. Most people get diagnosed between the ages of 20 and 40, and you might think it's not that bad when you're younger because it's a progressive disease. Mm-hmm. So it gets okay. worse as you go right. and it's not obvious maybe mm-hmm. until you start using a mobility aid or something like that. Right. So, so I actually, I should go, go back and correct myself. I said, this is our first MS episode, but we've got, we've actually recorded two MS episodes. Um, one never got released because our guest, um, after we recorded it, she, she, she was very young, uh, in her twenties, early to mid twenties. And she's from here in, in Toronto, actually. And she she got a job, um, a quite a like exciting and and uh, well paying job. Um, and she requested that we don't put the episode out because she didn't want her employers to find out that she had MS. She was totally smart and mm-hmm. right to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so because really, it was a physical. It was a very physically demanding job. Like it was yes. like, wel- like welding or Doesn't something. Doesn't matter, like that. even if it wasn't. Like <clears throat> actually, oh, I believe really? it was yeah. pro wrestling. I, I think she was. Uh, I think Good it was. A, yeah. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought she was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, but she was. She was. She was very early on into her MS uh, mm-hmm. diagnosis. It was. It was like it was all very new for her. Yeah. Uh, within like the span of a year. Um, and then we did a very similar recording with somebody else who very new into their diagnosis. And it was one of those situations where we, 
we lost the data of an episode, which like has happened fuck, like three times so far out of the, out of the hundreds hundred. and hundreds of episodes, which was just really unfortunate. So uh, let's not fuck this one up. I hope we. <laughs> I hope it stays. Uh, I know it will. But um, yeah, like you were talking about how it's a young person's disease, and yeah. both of those people were very young, like in yeah. their in their twenties. Um, I was 23 when I was diagnosed. Hit with it. Right. How yeah. old are you now? That a different age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. You know, I, so I was going to ask never you, ask speaking so, of etiquette classes, yeah. never ask a lady. So and I was going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, I was going to ask you your age only because I feel like it's relevant in the context of of speaking of the progression of MS and and kind of how things go as you get older with the disease. However, if you if you you don't want to say that, and that's <laughs> etiquette, let's play the guessing game. By etiquette wise, let's play the guessing game. All right, uh, thirty five. I was gonna say thirty four. Is this like a is this like a Price is Right thing? I'll take I, it. If I, I go if one I go. one <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do the one dollar. <laughs> okay, let's not make this about my age. Here's the thing: sure. you can you can get diagnosed at fifty for sure, mm-hmm. and MS is different in everyone. It really is. So it's a different disease in everybody. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have the same trajectory. You're not going to say, oh, you're 15 years in, this is where you're going to be. You're 10 years in, this is where you're going to be. You're 20 years in. It doesn't work that way. Like it moves faster for some people and slower for, for others. Exactly. Kind of and there are a lot of new drugs that are out and that are coming out all the time that are kind of slowing down the disease in some people. Mm-hmm. So um, it's impossible to predict mm. how it's going to go. Okay, so with with your experience, then <clears throat> yeah, um, you were diagnosed. Do you say twenty three? I was. So how did you find that out? I went blind basically overnight. Well, that's that's pretty. It intense. was terrifying. Yeah, I, actually, I wasn't terrifying. I thought I was stressed. I started having pain in one of my eyes. And a few days later, my vision was getting blurry. I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you're stressed. Take, take some time off, which was impossible. But I believed him. I thought I was having some kind of weird migraine. And I wasn't that worried about it. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up um, a few days after that, and I really couldn't see out of my eye at all. So I walked to Emerge, spent the day there, um, had some tests. And the next day, the doctor said, "Fifty, he said, you have optic neuritis which is usually caused by MS or like 50% of the time, mm-hmm. um, there's a 50% chance you have MS. And then I lost my shit and totally freaked out. Mm. Yeah. And do they, like, what are the, do they, do they <coughs> so 50% chance, are they then going, well, we're, now we'll do like some tests. Yeah. And now so. we're going to do an MRI and see if you start having more symptoms. Sort of a month later, I had a lot of trouble walking. Because um, it's nervous system, right? Is, is it? Yeah. It's a, a, well, yeah. What's what's your like? What's your elevator pitch for what MS is? You know, like people who go, I'm oh, CF. I don't know what cystic fibrosis is. Right. I'm like, it's a chronic genetic lung disease where the lungs slowly but surely like fail. Yeah. Boom. You kind of get the idea, like your lungs aren't doing all right. Right. Like uh, the dumbed down version. I what is it? I don't know what MS is. Okay, so your nerves have a fatty coating called myelin, and when that it's like a protective sheath. So when that gets eroded, your body attacks it, it gets little scars on it, and then the nerves don't conduct as well. So they don't fire as well. So it's not that my muscles are wasting away, it's that the nerves aren't firing. So my brain tells my leg to pick up and move. It doesn't. It just doesn't, right. Yeah. So the, the nerves of the body sort of stop in, in a way. Or Think they... of like your phone charger. Mm. If that 
cord was sort of frayed, frayed, um, or or exposed, exposed in in different spots. It wouldn't, you might be able to like wiggle it around and, and, and get it to work, but that's a great, that's a great (laughs) way of putting it. That is a really great way of putting it because I have dealt with that. Very relatable. Yeah, (laughs) super relatable, dude. Like, tell me about it. It's so relatable. I have also had that issue with my phone charger, and it is just so relatable to the struggles of MS. You can just get a new phone charger. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm not a doctor. I don't understand why we can't put, like, duct tape on the nerves. Like, just wrap it up. Where's the electrical tape, That doesn't make sense to me, but apparently we're not there yet with science. Um, so, okay, so, but to, to come back on that, yeah. we're, we're, you know, yeah, you can get some, like, electrical tape, and, and maybe that helps it, and it and it kind of works. Um, the, but, but that doesn't exist thing, in MS. No. <laughs> so so what what is that $60,000 a, a year drug sort of idea that you were talking about earlier? Is that is that just, like, a, is that just a whole... Spoonful of bullshit that is being fed to people with MS. That like, I mean, there's these drugs out there that can basically. There, it's cure big you business. Or, right. So, it's it's the most expensive diagnosis you can get in North America. Oh fuck! Whoa, whoa, MS. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's a crazy yeah. Set. So you're you're diagnosed young, but your life expectancy is more or less the same. So you're on these drugs long term, and they're mm. super expensive, and they don't cure you. They just out of pocket slow down progression. I mm. mean, depending most people, yeah, have unless coverage. you're in a, yeah, unless you're in some sort of like covered plan through yeah. insurance or whatever. But. Actually, when I was diagnosed, when I asked my doctor, like, what do you what what can you do? He said, "Are you rich? Yeah, get a good he job." Said that to me. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. yeah, really, yeah, crazy. Whoa. I know because we don't talk. We you don't, know what, We don't talk about money that much because of that's because pretty of the fucking rad that he said. Thing. That. Like I gotta say that, like, I, I I think I think maybe not in that context. Maybe not in that context, but but kudos to him for just being like, well, I'm gonna fucking give it to you real. Yeah, this is financially, you're fucked. Yeah, like, and so so start like do what you can to go forward and try to figure that out because. Man, that's that's how I would want it. I, that's how I would want to know. Yeah, he's like, well, what can I do? And be like, get right? fucking insurance. Yeah. Go get a job. Get insurance. Get something that's going to help you. Because if you don't, this is going to suck. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, well, that, that's why it was good that your girl canceled. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah. Right, right. That totally makes sense. now. Yeah. Right. But what is it? So, what is the? Um, <clears throat> we don't we don't talk that much about money because because yeah. of the Canadian health care system. Yeah. But, so, what is that? To you, because I I would have just assumed, without having a conversation with you, if I talked to somebody who has MS, I would just assume, okay, well, all your shit is covered. It's but, not. But like, if you don't have private insurance, there are some drugs you can get through, like provincial assistance, like Trillium. Right. Um. But for sure, there are some people that can't afford treatment because they just like the and and is it because it's not deemed like. <clears throat> No, it's prescription drugs. Like, if you need antibiotics, if you don't have insurance, you pay for those. In 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 and different provinces work differently. So, like for me in Nova Scotia, man, one of the big reasons why I live in Nova Scotia is the fact that I don't have to pay for any of my meds. Yeah, any my antibiotics, any of that stuff. Wow, not a single cent. Wow. However, if I lived here or if I lived in Vancouver, I would have. A few of the vitals, like my enzymes, those would always be covered no matter what, because like I need, I will die if I don't have those. 
but my Omeprazole sitting right next to it there on the table, like I would have to pay for those or I would have to pay for my Tobramycin. That's an antibiotic that, you know, fights bacteria in the lungs. Right. <clears throat> so I guess that's the question that I'm having is like if they if, if you're not going to if you're not going to die without it, is that. Is uh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about other like other drugs and other sort of illnesses where if it's. I don't know. I think I think it I think it all kind of really depends on how much lobbying your society, you know, your, like the MS society or the CF CF Canada is doing to be like we need these drugs. We need the coverage right. for these drugs. Like with Maddie Vanstone. That's right. That, yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Drug covered, yeah. yeah. I think it's also just another one of the hassles of having an illness is negotiating all that paperwork and and what drugs you can get and making choices mm. based on what your resources are. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, when you, when, when we mentioned the guests that we had recorded with, yeah. um, uh, when we had recorded that first MS episode and then she was like, Oh, well, you know, I'm getting this job and, and, you know, obviously we're like, we were like, Oh, of course, like we're, we respect that if you don't want to put your episode out. Um, and then a part of us is going at the same time, like, Oh, but I like, I wish that it wasn't like that. I wish that you could feel totally okay and you had a very like immediate response to that like oh good like that's good that she didn't do that so that kind of like surprised me so like what is that where does that response come from that like immediate like oh that's good that she didn't do that I remember where I was working at the time somebody in HR kind of flippantly telling me at one point that everyone's premiums went up because of me whoa yeah like what like oh like like don't take it personally, but like just so yeah, you know. like just like a bitchy little side thing. I mean, whoa, God, that's crazy. <laughs> Is, was it true? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, How, that's so crazy. Yeah. So just because you you came into the job <laughs> and you are sick, that that it just like jacked up everyone else's yeah. shit. Like I mean, that's I don't know how dramatic it was. I yeah, just, right. It was like a flip <laughs> comment, like and I was cents. like. Yeah, it was bitchy. Right, sure. <laughs> um, I, it's hard negotiating a career and illness, and I think everybody has to make their own decision about what's right for them for how they disclose. Mm. I was so young and naive. I regret being as open as I was. Mm. It's huh. Before you know everything that you want to do, I feel like I was treated differently. I don't know how much I want to say about that, but um, it it's a different... It's different. Like, are, like, are you, are, are employers looking at you as like a liability as like, uh, you definitely are. I mean, no, I mean, not a, a necessarily liability, but, um, we're not where we would like to think we are in terms of accommodating different needs. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's such a personal thing. It's like, I, I, cause I'm, I'm wondering, cause I know that in the case of, of, um, the woman we recorded with, uh, that I know that her job was very physically demanding. So she would, I, th- I think from what I gathered when she told us that she'd want us to re- release the episode was, um, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm going to like lose my physical capability to do this physically demanding yeah, job. To I, suplex, like, to yeah. suplex like large men, <laughs> exactly. large women exactly. on a day to day basis, stone cold stunners, um, um, you know, like sharpshooter, like she, she wants to fly off the top ropes, you know, like right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I've stone definitely missed Austin. out on some opportunities, um, for having disclosed my health in different situations where I knew I was capable 
but because I couldn't. What's like, what's one example of that, that just like fucking rocks you to this day? Um, so do you remember CBC was doing the great war project a few years ago? They were taking like, yeah, so they were taking, um, people who had, who were closely related to, the great um, war is world war one, right? Yeah. Um, so descendants of war vets who had a lot of, um, um, like, historical documents and stuff tied to their family and stories. And my mom had published a book of my great grandfather's war correspondence. Cool. So we, That's I had awesome. a ton. Yeah. Anyway, they were doing this, this, uh, movie and they were doing reenactments and they were taking these descendants over to Europe and having them like sleep in the trenches and live the way their ancestors would have. Ooh. And, um, anyway, um, I was, I was going to be in that. And, um, at, they said no when I at the when all the paperwork came to a head and you had to disclose any chronic illness. Ooh. I should have lied. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I so the, and also back then I was I was healthier than I am right. now. You know, like you wouldn't have known there was anything wrong with me. Yeah. Right. I, when so I hosted a, a children's television show on CBC, mm-hmm. and when I first got that job. There was, uh, they had this whole like physical, there was like, you, you gotta have this like physical, you gotta see a doctor and, and just like, you know, we need to know like your medical history. So I was like, you know, I, oh, Jesus, I would have been 20 maybe like not, not even like Somewhere 19. And so I go, yeah, well, I don't know. I got cystic fibrosis, blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing, put it all down and circumcised at 14, just you know, <laughs> might, as, might as well put that in there. I don't know. And then, uh, and then, and then I remember we were in Halifax, like we were days from shooting and everything was very rushed because they were, they were, they were coming up to their schedule to start shooting and they didn't have, or, or I guess rehearsal slash prep. And they didn't have a, a host up to this point and they were like scrambling. They, they, they were running out of time. So there wasn't much time for like error. And m- the producer of the show, um, char- this guy, Charles Falzen, great guy. Um, he, he says, Jer, uh, can we go for a walk? Let's just take a walk. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we walk out of the CBC building, the old one on Bell Road. And, um, or actually it was the, it was the old radio building at the, the corner of Sackville and, and, uh, uh yeah. Um, Great Park building. There. Yeah. So we go across the street into public gardens, this beautiful, like, you know, it's just like drop dead, gorgeous, like a mini central park. Exactly. And so we're walking through the flowers. And what, the what time of year was it? Paint a picture. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's summertime. So it's like, it's very gorgeous. Oh, full bloom. And full he, bloom. you know, we walk and it's like totality. He, yeah, it, yeah. It gets, but he's like this, this little walk gets very, very, it's a somber kind of situation. It feels like I'm like, it just feels heavy. Like something's coming up and I could tell he didn't know what, how to, bring up this thing that he wanted to talk about. So he sits me down on this bench and he goes, what's the deal with your illness? And I remember going, Oh fuck, this is it. I'm going to like my first ever professional acting gig. I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And so I just like, again, I was very open and I just told him everything. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm like really healthy for having this thing. And he goes, do you get sick often? Like, what is the, like, how often do you take, like, do you need time off work a lot? And I'm like, yeah, no, I was like, look, if I got sick, it would be the first time in a long time. Like I'm, I am literally at the peak of my health. I've never been healthier in my life. 
And I remember he gives me this like moment where he's looking at me and I was thinking he's making the choice right now to like either pull the plug or like he believes you or not. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking at you and counting up the sick days. And, and he just goes, okay, don't fuck me over. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's very sweet about it, but he was like, okay. But I feel like that moment, that could have been a moment where I lost out on something staggeringly huge in my life. So like the CBC thing for me was a total, was a small thing. I think what I didn't understand or expect and was very shocked by in a lot of ways when I was diagnosed at 23, I didn't expect anybody was going to treat me any differently than they ever had before. I did really naively didn't think I was going to be judged differently or looked at differently. And that all came really clear with like, gradually Mm -hmm. over the next couple of years. And it shocked me. Now, did it shock you and, and sort of set you back or do you think it shocked you and, and made you, um, turned you into more of like an advocate for yourself and like made you stronger to be like, no, like, no, I'm not going to fucking stand for this. I feel like I was really lucky to start off with MS with a pretty, decent amount of self-esteem. I feel like that allowed me to not believe what other people believed about me. Right. So, um, but I can see how for other people, any insecurities you might have get magnified by Mm. this. We have this idea as a society that somebody with an illness or disability or disease is damaged goods. Mm -hmm. And, um, it sucks. It's not, mm. it's not true. So I, and I was a very reluctant advocate for a long time. I didn't, um, I stopped telling people that I was sick or had an illness for a long time and only recently started talking about it more openly and more publicly. And that's because it's obvious now I use right. mm-hmm. a walker. I use a cane. Yeah. And the so, people can't see that, but like when yeah. you, you rolled up in a cab today and we went down to let you in and you, you walk uh, very slowly. Yeah. You, you know, you have to be very careful in the way you walk. You have one of those, uh, um, you know, like a, a walker with wheels that you have like two hands on. It's called a rollator. A we don't ro- say walker anymore. A rollator? A rollator? <laughs> I know. A rollator. Yeah. That's, that's I fucking know. like that. It that should be cool. called like a rollator 5000. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like some yeah. sweet number afterwards. Yeah, yeah. The MB2000. The MB2000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you've got a cane there, and that, yeah. and, and uh, which is kind of a it's bitching cane. I like that. ding <laughs> to shit. Yeah. Like, I... I Paid a lot of money for this solid maple cane, and I on the very first day dropped it. Like it's that's okay. It's got it's carrots. Got it's a, lots it is of a beautiful handle. I really like that handle. Look so how up so when did you? Um, it's cool. So in this, so you, you know, you said you were you were twenty three when you got diagnosed, and you know if like you get diagnosed, and you know other than the fact that you went blind overnight, um, somebody would look at you and not and not think anything wrong with you that there's right. anything wrong with you. Like what was that? Um, to, from from the diagnosis to you now having a cane and having a roll later five thousand, um, <laughs> like what is that progression like for you? And what's like how, how what was the length of time where you started to see like shit changing? Ugh, um, you're totally trying to 
figure out my age. Yeah, I no, saying, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to, it, what, 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 what kind of cars were driving around the roads when you got diagnosed? Uh, yeah. Nice try. You know, it's th- there's this frustrating thing with having an invisible illness where um, sort of a lot of your life is maybe ruled by what's going on with your illness, but people are like, you look fine, there's nothing wrong with you, and the expectations Suck are different. Up. Yeah, oh. there's a lot of that, and it's frustrating um and you kind of walk this line of like oh I, I know i don't look sick but you need a little <laughs> bit of understanding in certain ways but now having something that's visible but looking so young and good mm-hmm. i get Very questions good. all the time <laughs> and it's like it's oh i hate it do you mean like, like what kind of questions oh my god like, like you're, what you're too happened? young for this like, i have heard definitely happens? like you're too young to be uh using one of those in reference to my Rollator 5000. Um, I bet, I bet you get like, is this a style thing? At the liquor store still. I got ID'd at the liquor store maybe two years ago was the last time. Brian had yeah. ID'd yeah. the other day. I was like, I wow. I got mad. Anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't have ID because I don't drive, so I left without boots. You're like, I've, oh, got, a, I've got a Rollator 3000. How old do you think I am? Come on. No, now yeah. that I use a walker, I never get ID. Yeah, that's People right. Are, it's, it's definitely a different thing. And... Um, I, I notice different things, right? Like this city is not accessible. Mm-hmm. Step it up, Toronto. It's, I mean, I was in Spain last year and all the restaurants and bars are accessible. Mm. I, really? I, yeah, if Spain can do it, they have much yeah, older dude, infrastructure I, right, than we exactly. do. I would have gone the other way when you started that sentence. I would have been like, oh yeah, probably nothing is accessible yeah. in Spain because of the age of the city. No, right. they, they're they good. It's something that I've noticed and you know what, it, it, you know what made me notice how not accessible, uh, unaccessible Toronto is, was when I started to re- see all of these, uh, is it hashtag mind the gap or like mind the gap? That's Stop it. gap. Stop gap. Yep. Um, I, I started seeing these everywhere and I was like, and I was on Queen West Queen West looking down, like looking east from Trinity Bellwoods and I could just see these ramps, these little mini ramps that are pushed up against the, the yep. doorways of all the shops, all the restaurants, all the bars. Like, as far as your eye can see. You guys should do a show with the stopgap people. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah you totally amazing. should because it they are awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and at least half of what they're good for is exactly what you just, just said. Just to point it out. Is to point it out because... Even they, once you get in there with that stopgap, you probably can't <coughs> use the bathroom. Yeah. And it doesn't even mean that there's enough room mm-hmm. for a wheelchair to get in there anyway. So what is stopgap? I mean, yeah. you don't have to dive into it because they're not here. But like yeah. for someone who's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, what is it? So, yeah. And I mean, I can't speak for that company either. But I think that they donate these these little wedges that are like little ramps mm-hmm. that allow access to shops and restaurants and bars in the city where there's just like a little lip it's, to get, yeah. like it's the smallest right. possible modification. It's less than the think least of, a yeah. business could do. Think on of its half own. a step, yeah, right. It's literally half of like a full step in your in your on the staircase in your house. Yeah, that's the space between the sidewalk and the entrance to, um, you know, the boutique. Whatever the Nums? Starbucks or whatever, it's the <laughs> yeah. difference between being able to go into a business and not for a lot of people. Yeah, now yeah. I'm so yeah. interested to know who those people are because, like, when you were talking about them, I was picturing them as like a group of like ninjas striking at night and putting in these wedges <laughs> so people can <laughs> maybe access that's buildings. what they do, yeah. like but, accessibility but then, vigilantes. Yeah, but then I was thinking, like, well, 
if there are people who are so passionate about that, are they themselves in, af- affected by that? And are, are they rolling around in wheelchairs at night and doing it? Or are they like friends or family of, of other people who are trying you gotta to talk to stop gap. Yeah. yeah. You're, really, yeah. you're really going, you're yeah. really trying to like, creating something in your, in your mind there. Absolutely. We had, yeah. we had this, um, we had a, a, a no one who's listening to the show, not no one, but like few people who are, who are listening would know this because it was a live episode. So, um, we only put it out to like our Patreon, um, subscribers. If you'd not- like to support us, go on over to www.patreon.com slash sick boy and uh, listen to our, uh, our live episode. Shameless plug. And, uh, we were doing an episode with this guy named Josh Cassidy and he was a, uh, he was a, a, a oh, wheelchair marathon dude. Uh, racer. We he, did he release is. that on he is. iTunes. Yeah, I think we did. Cause it was, it, we wanted to anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, we get, we were recording this at, uh, Movember's headquarters and they were in a building elevator totally accessible they moved to a house in like a, a like a like a residential neighborhood um in the city and we're at the show and we're setting up and then we're like dude josh is in a wheelchair yeah <laughs> this place it's, has it's, no accessibility it's literally whatsoever. a split entry yeah. so not not only a split entry there's like several of those half steps up to like a little ledge and then that gets to the door and then you get into the doorway and it's this like very small, whatever, like a, what would you say? Like a vestibule or like a, right. like a, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. one of those like things that, that stop the cold air from getting into Good the building. Word. Vestibule. Is that it? Is that yeah. the word? In real estate, right. we call uh, those jogs. Jogs. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so he gets but there. But then on top of that, you get through that and it's a full staircase up to get to where you need to be yeah, right. or a full staircase down to where you need to be. And yeah, we were like, Oh yeah. I mean, just, such to, a just, to, just to speak to like accessibility <laughs> and, and then kind of like a funny scenario where we were like, we were like smacking our foreheads going, what the f- dude? We, and we didn't even tell Josh. And then we're he scrambling get, for his number. We were like, yeah. oh, we don't have his number. And How then do we tell him, and then we got to prepare him. He gets there. <laughs> I mean, dude, this guy's, this guy's a wheelchair marathon racer. Like he's basically got, like, I mean, he he has like not, he has like 5% use of his legs. So his legs are super small, and, but he literally goes from his waist. He's like the guy in he's Family Guy. He's an upside guy. down pylon. He's like Joe from Family Guy. He yeah. goes from his waist into this like perfect yeah. V shape yeah. up to these huge shoulders and chest <laughs> yeah. and arms. He's he so literally, fit. He literally takes himself out of his wheelchair and like... Like, dude, you like know what it was crawls like? Crawls up and like launches himself yeah, he up the stairs. Handstand walked up the stairs no, with the wheelchair on his feet. He didn't, he didn't do that. But, pic- <laughs> but picture this: picture a gorilla deciding, "I'm not going to use my legs. I'll just use my arms." Yeah, that's exactly. He just went like, like he might as well have just been like giving this guttural like sound of like the jungle as he hoist himself. <laughs> yeah. Up a whole flight of stairs without touching it. And someone's like, "Should we? Uh, should we take your wheelchair?" And he's like, "No, got it." And like, <laughs> yeah, takes yeah. it, like hauls his wheelchair. Oh my god! Up, and we're he, like, and we're going, "Oh my god, you're amazing!" <laughs> you know what? It, I, and maybe this is it. Maybe we can just like cut this little thing. But how amazing would it be to to link him and Stopgap up to do like a this like yeah? Because because watching that was like a it was impressive as fuck yeah. But also b it was like you have a you you you're capable of doing this. Not many people are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you do it with such, like, they're just such an air of, like, yeah, fuck you. I'm coming in here. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. going to do it anyway. Yeah. And it was like kind of a, oh, geez. Yeah. Accessibility. But I mean, to bring accessibility, a, it's there. Oh, yeah. To bring that back, like, what's your, what's your, what's, when you're going around Toronto, are you, how often are you encountering a situation where you're like, every where day, it, where it sticks out every, every day? day? Yeah. And, disability affects a lot of people. It's, um, I think 
that I hope that this is the next big social justice movement in this country, really. I mean, we've talked a lot about making um, bathroom access for for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's a hot button issue right now, especially talking about transgender and gender gender neutral bathrooms for anybody who can't handle stairs. There's no bathroom at all Mm. in most restaurants in this city. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. And nobody's talking about that. <coughs> you know? Like, it's... Sorry, what was it? Is it like, for most restaurants... Dude, think about all the restaurants that we've ever, like, really... When we've eaten here. And you go, uh, excuse me, where's the bathroom? They always no, go, downstairs. Uh, downstairs. It's, and it's in like, the down, dungeon. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Right, right, okay. Yeah. So, I've never thought about yeah, that either. Yeah. Wow, fuck. And, well, like, that's a whole segment of the population that so has no bathroom. What do you do? Sometimes they'll tell you, oh... There's a, a restaurant a few doors down that we have an agreement with. You can go and use their bathroom. Whoa. Yeah. So, Which is um, no easy task for no, someone who no, has to p- pick up their <laughs> Roll-Aid 3000 yeah. and get up and move I know. out. Especially yeah. if it's like a slow process. If you got to no, move slow. Like, like, whoa, three doors down? Okay, yeah, sweet. See you in 30 that would be, minutes. That would be embarrassing as a, yeah. as yeah. a restaurant owner or manager or you staff would think so. there. I would, I would guess, yeah. You I would, would think so. Oh. But this is the thing. It's um, We need to do better with our laws. There's a, a huge bar around the corner from where I live. It's huge. They just did a massive renovation two years ago. It must have cost them a fortune. And they didn't make it accessible. Get out of here. Because, and I mean, it wouldn't, I don't know how much it would have cost. It cannot have been that much to make it accessible. <laughs> but I guess they've done the math and figured that having a table where that bathroom could be and uh, is better for them financially. So it's, Ooh, and it's yeah. saying, like, it's really saying this is, we don't care about this percentage or this part of the population. You're not invited. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Do you think like, um, I'm, I mean, I wonder, and part of the issue and part of the issue with, with, with <coughs> I think, uh, moving forward uh, a, a law or something is, is that the, the people who aren't affected by accessibility issues need to be, need to be like, they need to know the struggle. Cause when we sit here yeah. and we talk to you, then we go, Whoa, yeah. crazy. But mm. every, like if we're not, then we know we don't see it because we don't have to deal with it. That's we and need like some kind of leader. Like the like, is there some type of let's, like art let's, project is let's what I'm do, thinking let's of. Let's like, do let's start a podcast. <laughs> okay. Where we talk to people who are sick <laughs> and we pump it out to as many people as we possibly can <laughs> to help raise awareness. So this is the thing about why I'm I'm writing my blog also is um to normalize it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not mm-hmm. people that are locked away that like they're we're everywhere, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So tell like, us about your... I mean, <clears throat> just to kind of round off that thought for a second on the accessibility yeah. thing, because I was thinking, like, what, what is there... A, how is there a way that you can just, like, that you can show people who aren't affected by accessibility issues that accessibility issues are a super huge thing? I was thing. thinking well, dude, the same the, thing. And I think that there's a thing. thing. That, like, that is no, the thing that made... Thing. 
No, there's something that where people are building ramps that go nowhere or something like that. Like it's a ramp into a wall. And it's like some, something along those lines where it's like it's no, it's totally better. I got a better. It's I totally you. No, this is like something that's happening. It's like this project where they're they're building some like useless this useless like entrance into something to highlight. It's some type of 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 thing that highlights like a uselessness of some sort. And it's like um, to hi- it's to highlight the fact a that uselessness. <laughs> <laughs> it's to highlight that you can't get that. Are that, you talking about an existing does. thing? Yeah, and I can't fucking put my okay. finger on it. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, so we can fucking cut that out. But the uh, <laughs> the thing that I was thinking is like it would be really sweet to do like a citywide art project or installation where you eliminate all access to bathrooms or whatever. If if nobody yeah, if nobody for would, one full day, yeah. If nobody would there, or if you, if you have thinks, green eyes, you can't use the bathroom yeah. in the yeah. restaurant or like something random, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Where there's just a significant portion of the people that can't, but the rest can. Exactly, like, to highlight. How do we get people to care about um, accessible bathrooms as much as the general population seems to care about gender neutral bathrooms? Yeah. Like, a lot of change has happened in a short amount of time. With with respect to that, mm-hmm. I feel like it mm-hmm. needs to happen for. And so you put, and so you do that, and and then you go, oh yeah, you have green eyes, you can't use the bathroom. Well, guess what? That's what that's what. That's what she goes through every day. That's what he goes through Ooh. every day when they but go But first, give them a pitcher of beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Tell us about your uh, what you're up to because you have you have a blog. I do. And what what what's the deal with it? It's called <clears throat> Tripping on Air, and I write about life with MS. I try to make it funny. And, um, just oh, like normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. What's and, it. And how, when did you, when did you start it? Like how long has it been going? It's been going for two years and I started it because I was starting to be more visibly disabled and I was not tired of explaining it so much. I mean, I get questions from strangers and they don't read my blog, um, <laughs> But just this this idea that there's this kind of story or this narrative out there about me, um, I just wanted to put it in my own words and to just tell my version mm-hmm. of it to get it on the record. Um, but also, I think to connect with other people kind of going through the same thing. When I was diagnosed and looking to find that voice, like somebody that resonated with me that was my age and um, going through a lot of the same life experiences... What I found was books written by older white men, actually not just white, Montel Williams. <laughs> it's like a young woman's disease. Mm-hmm. Like men get it too and some older people get it too, but it's like two and a half to one women oh, really? and younger women. And I wasn't finding those stories and I wasn't finding those voices that resonated with me. Like a lot of what I was finding was um, oh, this kind of, everything's great. It's not that Mm -hmm. bad. Like just not really telling it like it really is. Like cheer me up stuff rather than like, it's just like not authentic. Right. Like I think, um, yeah, you have to have a positive attitude, Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to know what it's really like. Mm -hmm. Have you had many people reach out to you and, and thank you for, for putting that online and giving them something to relate to? Yeah, I think so. It's always, um, it's always, it always feels good when somebody reaches out and says, like, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Is there is there like any one particular piece that 
that you've written that you would kind of say above all else people have have really responded to? I do. so I wrote one piece called Honey I Peed the Bed and that's about <laughs> like um not about bathroom access but about one thing that people don't often talk about with MS and that's bladder dysfunction. So Oh really? And that and I talk in that post very candidly about coming to terms with using a catheter. Um, which Whoa. still like Wait, super skeeves people out. Just like in bed? Like uh, like every time you go to bed, you just insert a catheter? No. Oh, okay. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, that's so intense. Let's talk about that. You should read the post. Yeah, I will for sure. <laughs> no. So I talk about how I was having all these accidents and like waking up in the night and peeing the bed and crying and having all this Ooh. trauma. And it's mm-hmm. like so humiliating to feel like you're four years old again, mm-hmm. but you're a grown ass woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and even not getting a lot of support from, from doctors and, and medical staff, uh, who wanted me to try drugs and, f- and nothing was working and had a ton of side effects. Finally, uh, it was suggested to me that I try catheter intermittent self catheterization is what it's called. Holy fuck. That sounds so intense. <laughs> I know. It's not catheterization. Yeah. That sounds so intense. It's not. It's not. It's really not. Because to me, right. I hear catheter. All I can think of tube up my pee hole. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? Oh, my God. It's what it is. And guess what? It's like way easier for dudes because it's like right there. Right. So so tell me about this. Like like self catheterization. Yeah. I can show you. I have them in my purse. Yeah. Um, okay. So when I have to pee, <coughs> I just take out this little catheter and I and I use it. So how far up in, into your urethra just does it have to go? Just to hit the bladder. It's a few inches long. I'll show you oh guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like it has to go to the bladder. It doesn't hurt. It feels like nothing, really? actually. You empty your bladder and you don't pee your pants. It's yeah. life-changing. Yeah, right. It's like a simple workaround that is... Sounds like a scary, terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. What's scary and terrifying is peeing your pants. Yeah. Right. It's actually pretty fascinating to hear you say that it doesn't like hurt or anything like that. Because when I think of catheter, <sighs> I feel like the word catheter hurt would hurt, hurts more <laughs> than the catheter. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't it's, hurt. It gives phantom. The, the word catheter oh, gives yeah. me phantom pain oh, yeah. in my urethra. Haven't yeah. said it enough. Yeah. Catheter. <laughs> catheter. 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 <laughs> my mom uses it. Hey. Hey. Take yeah. it back. Yeah. She yeah. does. Like, yeah. Like ten times a day. Yeah. Me too. It, yeah. That is another expensive thing. So that's like seven hundred bucks a month. Oh, so yeah. you don't you Whoa. don't only do it. Um, for, for with with no. like surrounding bed, you do no. it like. So the post is called "Honey, I Peed the Bed" because right. artistic license, right? But. Sure. <laughs> so, so what's the why? Like, let's say you used it while you were here with us. Like, I probably will. Okay, so so why would you use that as opposed to just going and sitting on the toilet? That's okay, like so accessible yeah, and right. Here's what there. happens. So with MS, the nerve is shot that tells my bladder to let the pee out so oh. it holds it all in oh. holds it in holds it in bladder gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then mm. what and you can't pee it out so and that's then, your way of making the decision to go i'm going to release my right my pee to the world <laughs> to the world here it is world i just yeah. need to <laughs> tell the world yeah. so but like accidents happen when that yeah. bladder is like stretched and over full and then do you feel it like uh, um i guess 
So like that got to pee. Like do you, yeah, right? do you feel that like oh I have to I have to urinate I have to urinate feeling? So the first time to- yeah of course definitely. Okay, so the and feeling the- is all the same. I like and I used to feel that all the time, and then um, after the first time I catheterized, I was like oh my god, that's what it feels like to have an empty bladder. Like I hadn't felt that in so long. Wow, totally, totally yeah, because right, right. you would just pee out a little bit yeah enough that your bladder would go i have no more space let me clear out eh, just enough space and then take in more i think this is the thing too is like just destigmatizing this idea of like it's a solution it's like it lets me go out and live my life and um yeah it's there's definitely i mean there's definitely a lot of stigma around around like those bodily functions Anything that scatological yeah Ooh. yeah like when we like when we've talked to people with crohn's and, yeah. and crohn's and colitis and ibs and all that stuff, and like that like being open and feeling comfortable to talk about about like those bodily functions that yeah. are severely affected by your illness are, that's like, why i wanted to talk about it in my blog i think it was the first post i even wrote because mm. i felt like even doctors and nurses weren't talking to me about it appropriately right yeah well i mean like that like that's the, so i'm 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 taken aback right now like i'm i'm literally st- like i have been shocked because I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing yeah. that people do. When you started talking about self, self catheterization, I'm going, oh, oh my God. Well, A, that's fucking crazy. You give yourself a catheter. I didn't even know like that. That was a fucking option that you do it yourself. Like to me, I go that you clearly, you must have a nurse do that for you or no. you must have a doctor do that for you. I because, do it in my sleep. Like, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and, but then on top of that, you're not only doing it in bed. You're, you can, you just do it Everywhere. out in the world. And I'm going, how have I never fucking heard this before? Like, this is crazy. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So I've got an idea for an art installation. <laughs> so when, when you go to these uh, places where there's no accessibility to the washrooms, <clears throat> you just take a bottle and under the table. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, it, Brian. And then, and then you just leave that there on the table as a gift for them and, oh, write, God. and write, make your bathrooms accessible. If you would like this to be in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> So no. my, my point there in, in that, like the, the, the fact that I'm so shocked is, is yeah, it's because we, we, because it has to do with our, our pee yeah. or it has to do like, or it has to do with our shit or it has to do with our, what it, like it, the things that we try to cover up, the things that we, we do behind closed doors, we just don't fucking talk about it. Yeah. And so, and so someone who, dude, we like, we, this is what, this is like our hundred and 15th episode that we've recorded in our, in, in this whole process. And this is not something that has once come up and, and been talked about. Yeah. And so like, how much is it not <laughs> being talked about at all outside of these walls? Jared, you know what I mean? Jared's like real, real excited. Dude, <laughs> it's, really excited. it's kind of blowing my I fucking know, mind. I, I know because, it, because when I, when I think of MS or when I think of MS in terms of like what I've like digested socially, uh, you think of oh, like they're losing mobility. They're you know they're 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 having trouble walk. Whatever those like those like your appendages don't work as well or whatever right. it is mm-hmm. that comes in. But you don't think about that the nervous system yeah, rules your entire body. Like yeah yeah, yeah everything. Yeah. So what um uh, just to like shift gears a little bit. What uh or how has MS impacted your relationship? 
And were, were you, have you been dating your, or I guess, are you married or dating? I'm married. Or? Yeah. Married. Um, and, and when did, when did you get married and how old was your husband <laughs> uh, when you got married He's and how old is he now? <laughs> so I want you to close your eyes, close your eyes, everybody close your eyes. Now, now, now picture this cityscape and on, on, on a road, you see a, a parked car there. And if you really zoom into the license plate right in the corner, you can see the, the registration date of that vehicle. <laughs> what date is that? If that was the date that you were trying to, <laughs> um, but you're married and I'm married. And, yeah. How long? How long? Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, before, so I was dating my husband before. Well, he was my boyfriend um, before <laughs> I was good. diagnosed. Okay. So, so we okay. went through that diagnosis together. Right. And actually, we were not serious when that was was happening. So that was interesting time. That was um, <clears throat> we broke up a few times in that first year of diagnosis. Like directly because of. MS or I, I mean, no, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? right. Like it was a tumultuous time and we sure. were like young and, um, and, and it's not like we were on solid footing when I was first diagnosed anyway. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Um, but he saw some scary stuff for sure. Didn't, um, didn't have a ton of support. I would say from people in his life who thought it was a bad idea. Right. Um, like don't take this on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was also shocking to me, yeah. like in my naivete. Um, but, uh, we're married now. And that was a really interesting thing too. At the time when we were getting married, of so many people told me how lucky I am. And, uh, and that really angered up my blood. Like because mm. like lucky no one said your, like your, you're so lucky because you're damaged goods and he's a prize like just like you're so lucky and like so what was unsaid was he's marrying you even though you know yeah. right um, like wow what a saint yeah basically yeah and I like, he still gets a lot of that uh, props for being a saint he's a great guy but I'm he, also he, a saint? fucking prize yeah, you're like, I don't he's know. a great guy but yeah. he ain't that great he yeah, choose really yeah, loudly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right <laughs> that's good do you, uh, do you guys have do you guys have kids or we do not do you is that a thing like, what is, is that a is that a possibility is that a sure yeah uh, you can have kids um, okay. I don't want them mm, yeah, so yeah. and neither does he so cool. perfect yeah that is a whole <laughs> conversation that I find fascinating. I also don't want kids, and I live Same. in I live in this I live in this bubble. Not on my side of the family, but especially on my on my girlfriend's side of the family. And we've been together for seven years almost now, and like we're all but married. Yeah. Um. And it's just that, like you know, when you go to a wedding or you go to a family thing, and it's like, well, when are like, oh, yeah. your kids are gonna have the most beautiful eyes, and you're like, dude, like, dude, it's 2017. Okay, grandma. <laughs> okay, I get it. You're old. If you that's have, your way. If that's you have a thing. disease, people stop pressuring you. Yeah, yeah, oh my that's God. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, that's the workaround. I that that's at all. the workaround. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I, I, I know friends with kids, I think that uh, there's judge. There would be a lot of judgment if mm. I decided to have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, fuck them. I would do it if I wanted to. Yeah, there would be a lot yeah. of judgment yeah. if you decided to have kids. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is, totally. is there a, so? What, is there any piece of you that? Well, I don't because you're yeah. the you're the because she's the 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 disabled mom. Yeah, she's the mom who can't who can't like fully be there for her kid because she's 
She can't. She's not going to be able to walk and carry and, and nurse oh, her kid dude, that's on the street. She's she's got a she's got a she's got her Rolaid three thousand. <laughs> See, that's that, the that thing. Like, these are, hold, these are the know? things that like, like I don't that I would never that I wouldn't think about. Like yeah. when you were like, oh yeah, like there'd be a lot of judgment. I was like, wait, what judgment yeah, for dude. you? Like I would never I would never think that. But those are those things that that you highlight. I mean, like the accessibility issue in that way. Like mm. they're just things that if you don't live with it. There's some things that you you would just never think that that's a scenario. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. How how I so you know we we mentioned you're married. He he's been around basically since the very beginning, um, and he is this saint who just has a very loud loud <laughs> chewing mouth. Um, but aside from that, has has your illness um, taking taken any kind of toll on your relationship? You know, like I I know that. Uh, how long have you been married? <laughs> I'm not trying to do math. I am just generally uh, curious. No, we've been married for, actually, it's our anniversary in a couple of weeks. We've been married 13 years. Okay. Thir- wow. yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank 13 you. Were you like 13 when you got married? Mm. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> good that math, like, Ryan. That yeah. was a child bride. <laughs> um, uh, so I've been married that for half that, half that time. And, yep. and you know, with with my situation with CF, it's it's... It's definitely something that's like taken a toll on our relationship with with Bridie and I, and in these in these ways that um, that I wouldn't have maybe anticipated. Yeah, you know, um, it, like when we did decide to get married, um, <clears throat> looking back on it. So, is have you have you faced any of those where you've looked, you you kind of look back and you go, "Wow, I I didn't I didn't realize that that was going to be so tough," or I didn't realize that that was going to kind of stick out in our relationship the way it does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We definitely thought a lot about what it was going to be like and, Mm. and continue to think about how we need to adapt to, to everything that's going on because Mm -hmm. it's not a stagnant thing. It's, it's a, it's a constantly evolving, changing disease. So yeah, it's difficult, but I think, um, there's some, uh, in some ways it's maybe helped us because, Um, I think I'm a very strong willed, independent kind of person. Um, and and this is a way having an illness makes me vulnerable in some ways that I think, um, allows my husband Carrie to, to be there for me in a way that maybe he wouldn't have been allowed to be Mm. if it weren't. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's a challenge that not all relationships have, but I think we're a good partnership and a good team and we have good communication. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was another thing I was told right off the bat was that the divorce rate in MS was 80%. Whoa, right. Um, Oh my God. I know. So we went into it knowing that also, but I think... I think we do pretty well. I'm really proud of our marriage, actually. We're 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 kind we're coming up to time here, but there's something that you said there that that made me and it, I've been thinking about bringing it up, and then I keep forgetting and then forgetting, and so I, I want to say it now before we we get to the end. But um, you you were saying you know it's a roller coaster, it's an up and down, constantly you know it, like relationships ever evolving. It, it made me think about MS. It's a, it's a progressive disease, right? Like yeah. in general, it's it's a disease that you start this downhill slope, and that downhill slope just continues, and you go down. Is there is there like um, peaks and valleys there? Like, do you come out of it and get better for a bit? And yeah, so in the beginning of the illness, there are some periods of remission, which is sort of 
it's it's not really the best word, but it's the word that we have. Sure. So where you experience some recovery. So like with my first attack, when I went blind, I could see just dark and light for months. I don't have enough vision to drive now, but I had a lot of recovery from that. So it's sort of, it might start here. This isn't good for, for a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like you have an attack, you have some disability and then you recover maybe 75% or 80%. Mm. Mm. Um, so your baseline is not the same and you just, you sort of... It's like CF. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like your lungs, That's right? what, like what I've been going through is like, yeah, I'll get sick and I'll bounce back, but my bounce back is never right, what to your it baseline. was before, you know, yeah. or, or it's very rare that it would be. Um, right. So there, I, I, I recall watching a TED Talk um, from this woman who completely changed her diet. It was yeah, like she went like Whoa, all yeah. green... And it was, you know, it was a very compel- compelling TED Talk. Um, and she's, I, I, you know, she was like pushing towards advancing some research into how diet could affect um, her, her people's MS. Yeah. Um, you, you've, I'm sure you've seen it. Have there seen is it? some interesting research going in that way. Mm-hmm. And I have done some experiments with diet, too. I'm thinking of doing it a little bit more seriously. There's a lot of um, pretty stuff crazy, out pretty about wild. like fasting um mm. like serious like intermittent multi- oh, like intermittent three days fasting? okay a week kind of mm-hmm. like super reduced wow. calories it's, right. it's a really really fascinating like she was this woman was uh i mean she was almost uh immobile like yeah. completely immobile in a, like a full almost like a like a uh, like one of those really big wheelchairs where you're like stabilized like at your neck and everything like and I mean, she, she, and then, and then she's like, Hey, and that was like two years ago. And like, this is a picture of me doing like a hundred kilometer bike ride yesterday. It's yeah. really like if, not to negate that. It's hard to say though. Cause you could, she could have had recovery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. She could have. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. And I think her, I think her Ted talk was more so focused on like, we, who knows? Like yeah. here, here's an option that maybe we should start to really look at. For sure. Cause um, why is there so much MS now also, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, for anyone who's curious, I'm almost hundred percent positive. It's minding your mitochondria. That that's the name of the talk by Dr. Terry Walls, W A H L S Walls. Um, and it's a TEDx Iowa city talk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I was just kind of curious if you were, if you were dabbling in, in that witchcraft of yes. diet. <laughs> well, and I've exhausted all of the drugs <coughs> right now. So right. that's what's left. And I, I'm the personality type that feels like you got to do something, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. Yeah. Out, out of this, out of this entire process over X amount of years that we'll never really know. Um, what would you I say? I feel like this is making me sound older than I actually am. You brought that on yourself. Uh, <laughs> um, what would you say is the one thing that your MS has taken away from you? Gosh, I, you know, it's hard to know because honestly, I have had um, MS my whole adult life. So it's like shaped who I am as an adult. Maybe, maybe what I could say is more of what it's given me. In well, terms that was my of, next question. So yeah, go like for a it. Yeah. Perspective. I don't do anything I don't want to do ever, like ever. Mm-hmm. I really use my time wisely. Um, I learn and I travel mm-hmm. um, and I really fill myself up. And I think... Um, that's maybe the gift of it. 
Yeah. Like the worst Santa ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're thankful that you're here spending your time with us. If, if yeah. you, if you really don't, ever, yeah. yeah. If you would ever do anything you don't want to do, thanks for being I here. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. And it means a lot. We, we thank you so much for coming in. No, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And mm. I'm like really pumped that like three guys in their 20s are trying to normalize illness and disability mm-hmm. like that's what we need right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, to remind people where can they find your blog tripping on air.com cool tripping on air.com thank you so much for coming tripping in. thanks for having G. me tripping 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 on air, <laughs> tripping uh, on air. <laughs> tri- okay yeah well just 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 google it i'm sure if you put tripping you'll still find it tripping. <laughs> uh thank you thank you so much for listening we hope you all enjoyed it uh we'll be back next week with another fun fascinating episode as we always do go on over to apple podcast in the meantime leave us a rating and review it would, would mean the world to us um and subscribe hit the subscribe button that actually makes a huge difference too um and if you want to get at us you can always reach out instagram uh there's a bunch of silly silly shit on there twitter facebook you can always get at us there or info at sickboypodcast.com we're going over to our website um and yeah if you want to contribute to us and help us i mean we're in this um this amazing penthouse condo in 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 toronto right now it's it's like super super balling uh and uh i mean we've actually been doing this whole thing in a hot tub yeah uh, (laughs) yeah and you guys paid for it uh so if you go on over and you want us to keep on balling out in these penthouses you can go over to patreon.com slash sick boy and uh, help us out there. It's the reason, for, for real, it's the reason that we get to go do these awesome trips and speak to people like you, which is amazing. And um, if you, it, I'm, I'm sure it's past the 15th now by the time this comes out. I think so, yeah. Most likely. Thank so you our, all so much for tuning in to our documentary on CBC yeah. uh, that, you know, a couple weeks ago. And if you uh, haven't seen it, it's streamable <laughs> on cbc.ca. You can watch it there. And... Uh, Big thank you to our friends at Take Part who provide the theme music for this episode. You can check them out and download all of their music at takepartinthis.bandcamp.com. And also, big thanks to Donovan Morgan, the ever-so-handsome Donovan, who does the sound design for this episode and this podcast in general. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.